What's going on, everybody? Welcome to Sunday service. Obviously, you have me here, Cody Barton. Uh, myself and my partner, Pace Morby, have been running Sunday service here for the last couple of years, and I'm super excited tonight. We have a special guest on, and we are going to be breaking down a subject to deal uh, in, I think it was, what, North Carolina? Ted, correct me nope. if I'm wrong. North Carolina. Awesome, awesome. So we're going to be breaking down a North Carolina subject to deal, um, why this deal was bought, why the deal made sense, where it came from, all that good stuff. So we'll dive into that. But I do want to say for anybody that um, maybe you're tuning into Sunday service for the first time, um, welcome. I would also let you know we are on Spotify and iTunes. So if you are driving to or from work during the week, you can check us out on there as well. Um, and, you know, as always, we love to, uh, you know, take questions, you know, from each and every one of you as we're going through this. So feel free to ask the questions, preferably related to the specific topic on hand. We may open it up to some, you know, general Q&A here towards the end as well. Um, but we're going to jump into talking about this North Carolina deal. Um, I actually invited uh, Matt on with us as well. So I'm going to, we're making a, a Ted sandwich Yo. here. Let's see here. Let's do it. I need to like Let's scoot see. over a little bit. What's up? Oh, there we go. Yeah, here we go. That's the that's the one. Awesome. So <clears throat> for those of you that don't know who Matt Matthew Beard is, he is our partner uh, as well in a couple different businesses. So Matt, thank you for joining us, man. Appreciate it. Oh yeah, man. I'm excited. Any chance I get to come on here, I'm like, Mama, we made it, baby. We're on the show. <laughs> <laughs> love it. Love it. So. We, we do, like I said, guys, we do have a special guest with us, uh, uh, you know, with Matt as well, which is Ted Miller. So Ted got this North Carolina deal. And so what, what I'm going to do, uh, Matt, you know, we're going to be talking about a deal that Ted got in North Carolina. It's a subject to deal. We're going to talk about, you know, hey, where the heck did this deal come from? You know, what what do the general numbers look like? And, you know, why why did that make sense as a deal? And more importantly, why did that maybe make sense for the seller to sell the deal on subject to terms? Because a lot of people, you know, talk about, well, why would a seller ever sell to you on subject to? That doesn't make any sense. So I, I would love to get into that, too, for, for a lot of people uh, listening in. So, um, Ted, welcome. We're, we're excited to have you. Where, where are you tuning in from, man? Well, th thanks for having me. Um, tuning in from Durham, North Carolina. Durham, North Carolina. Well, you're with Yeehaw. us late. Was it 9:06 there right now? Yeah, yeah, but um, it's not it's not too bad. I, I can stay up for you guys. Love it, love it. Well, hey, thank you for being here. Um, so, so yeah, let's go ahead. Mastermind, weren't you? The mastermind? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was there. Oh. Deal. So you so you guys are just cranking away now. You went to the mastermind, and now you're just getting deals left and right, huh? Yeah, pr pretty much. After that, <laughs> I love it. I love it. So this is cool. I read the title and this is Fayetteville, Fayetteville, North Carolina. This is going to be cool to talk about. Ted, bro, tell us about it. All right. Yeah. So, so where, let's go. So where, where did, sorry to interrupt, but where, so where the heck did this deal come from? Like what marketing channel? Was it a referral? Was it something you did direct marketing for? Like, let's talk about, let's break down where did the deal come from? And, you know, let, let's go into that. So this deal came from squatting up everything that, you know, you guys teach on, you know, this channel, Wholesale Hotline. And it's kind of like a mix between squatting up and uh, 
like the Lonza method or, or the pace method, you know, dead wholesale leads. Uh, yeah, yeah. So actually, I saw him in the comments. Uh, Cheap uh, Chai Brown. Um, he actually he he's a astro flipping student, and he gets constant you know deals from other wholesalers, agents, and options him out, and tries to find buyers that way. And I'm friends with him, and I told him I was like, hey, if you're getting horrible deals from wholesalers, and they make no sense, you might as well have me reach out to those wholesalers to see if there's any type of like creative strategy that I could use or no, we could use to like, you know, help solve a seller's pro uh, problem or get a deal done. And, um, and that, that's pretty much how I found them. And I this, love that, man. What's that? I love that. I said, I love that. I think that's super creative. I, I think there's a lot of people in here right now, you know, who, who in here in the comment section, who gets sent deals on a regular basis from other wholesalers? Probably like most of us, right? We all join a list of people like other wholesalers send us deals trying to co-wholesale and 99% of the time, those deals are bad, right? 99% yep. of the time, like, yo, these prices are too high. But yeah. you see it as an opportunity, right? An opportunity to come in with, like, a creative solution. Is, is that what I'm hearing? That's exactly it. So, I mean, I do a lot more direct to seller. And and she, he does a lot more, you know, wholesalers, agent size. Like, hey, why don't you work together and try to figure something out? Yeah. So, so for those that don't know, they're like, well, what the heck is squatting up and, like, Alonza method, the pace method, like what the, what, like, what are you talking about? For somebody that's like listening their first time, like this guy's speaking another language here. Like, what does that mean? And, you know, easy to understand terms. Well, uh, squatting up is just simply just working with everyone else in your network, you know, to find deals, work on deals, you know, dispo deals, um, everything like, like that. Uh, and, and me and Chi are in the same area, both in Durham. We both do had different strategies and me and him just found ways to work together. We've done like five deals together and pretty much all my deals have been squatting up in wow. some aspect for the that's most awesome. part. So I think I've done like one deal or just me and that's about it. <laughs> that's amazing. Yeah, that's awesome. So and I, so, so you got the deal from, from squatting up. And so what was the situation? Was it, was it, you said that, you know, some of those deals are coming from realtors or other wholesalers. So, so how did that come together? Like what was the situation with the seller? So um, this, this one was a pretty like crazy situation. And that's probably why Pace brought me on and I brought it to his Q and A about it. Um, so the situation was, uh, you know, she called me, he's like, oh man, this might be the worst deal I've ever seen, like for like an option. And then I, I call the, it's from a wholesaler, a wholesaler, uh, you know, trying to wholesale a property for a cash price. And I think, for example, the Zestimate was like 205 and he had it locked up at like 196. And so that's I, what we would call my friends a bad deal. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And so he gave me the number. Or a trash deal. Yeah. A, a horrible deal on the surface. Exactly. Um, so he gives me the wholesaler's number. I think it was like the end of June, early July. And I call him. I'm like, hey, man, this like doesn't make any sense for a cash deal. Like, you know, is it a chance that, you know, I could talk to the seller or, you know, we get something set up where I can see like what the situation is. Maybe there's like something creative there to make it work. And I got kind of blown off a little bit. Like I got this handled, blah, blah, blah. And then, you know, just kind of went from there. Um, and the, just to kind of get the story going. Uh, I just followed up with him weekly as if he was like a seller, but like, yo man, what's going on? What's up that deal? You know, still need any help. And, uh, sometimes I pick up, but mostly I got ghosted. Um, so about a month later, I, he actually, he calls me and goes, 
hey, Ted, you remember that deal you're talking about? You sounded like a nice guy. I don't want anything from it. I can't help the seller. I had some stuff come up in my life, you know, all those type of things, you know, and I think he kind of alluded to this already. This wasn't going to happen. And, um, and then he gives me the seller's number and I just give the seller a call and uh, I call her and she's like a little suspicious about what's going on. And she's telling me, Hey, um, I'm planning on, uh, we're, we're supposed to be closing on Friday. And this is, Tuesday of that same week, like the last week of July. So it was like, she, he had her locked up for like way too high for so long. And I, That's what I was going to say, so he had this lady locked up from, for, for seems like well over a month yeah. at a price that he just couldn't pay. Was he, was he like stringing her along or something or. Yeah, he, I guess it was stringing her along, not keeping her up to date. And by the time mm. I called her and I said, Hey, this cash transaction is not going to happen. Um, she was like, I mean, pretty devastated, but also saw the writing on the wall because she was like, I never heard any uh, date for a closing date. Haven't heard from the attorney, anything along those lines. And, and I just had to like dive into her situation. And just to put it quickly is she had already like packed up all her stuff from her house, put everything mm -hmm. in storage. All she had left in her house was like, um, like, like a bed or a cot or something and a TV. And and she, no, this is in Fayetteville, North Carolina. And she was actually planning to move to Phoenix. Oh, my um, God. And wow. she was going to be leaving in about, you know, a week. And her daughter was coming from Phoenix to come pick her up, uh, you know, in Fayetteville after the house closed. And I had to, you know, let her know that this is not going to happen the way your thing's going to happen. She was worried about losing her security deposit on her upcoming rental. Um and and I just had to break down to her like no one's going to buy it at this price right now. And then I find out there's a mortgage there and she just refinanced about a year ago um, on it. And see, I think that gets lost sometimes, Ted, not to cut you off, but I think that gets lost sometimes. We're dealing with real people in their real life. And, you know, she's doing her thing and she's moving on and getting her next step figured out. And we wonder why there's going to be more regulation put into the wholesale game. We wonder why there's going to be more regulation put in this the real estate investing world that has just kind of been the wild, wild west for years and years. Like we're seeing it from cold calling, texting, and all the way up to how we contract properties, how we communicate with sellers is to avoid this kind of situation because this lady was probably devastated. Like her next step of her life was like, okay, I got this thing done. And she's like, oh, they just need another week. Oh, they just need another week. And here they are. You know, you're having to let her know, not even the other wholesaler, you're having to let her know it's not going to work out. And she's just been strung along for like 45 days. Yeah, yeah, pr pretty much. And <clears throat> the part that like, so at the surface, it sounded like a good deal because I explained to her subject too. She was on board. She knew she had no time. And when I was going through it and she told me what her payments were per month, it was like super high. And her loan was like, she refinanced to like a 13 year, 13 and a half year mortgage. And it just kind of like made it so there's not much cash flow, no matter what you do. Um, and even like a wrap would be pretty tough as well. And so that's when I brought this situation to Pace on our Q&A like that night to find out like, what would you recommend? And, you know, I broke this like store down to Pace and he got on the phone and called the seller like 10 o'clock at night. 
um, and tell, pretty much telling me like, Ted, like this, this is crazy. Like I want to buy this deal after I showed him the house because it's a pretty nice house for sure. Um, and, uh, yeah, she broke the story down to him and Pace was just like, hey, I'm just looking, looking to help, you know, I'm partnering up with Ted on this one. And, and yeah, it was, it was an incredible, incredible call. I think Pace had stuff on his YouTube for it. Like just like snippets of, of the call. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. It's amazing. So what, what type of loan did she put it in since it was a shorter term? Was that just like a regular conventional, but just shorter, shorter period? It, it was actually a VA loan. And oh. so, and so, you know, I was looking, I'll just break some numbers down here. The, the PITI was roughly like 1750 a month. So for people that are like, what the heck is this guy talking about? PITI, that's your principal, your interest, your taxes, your insurance. That's all collected into one payment in your mortgage. So go ahead, Ted. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, it was about, yeah. And then it was a, if I forgot to mention a VA loan. So the interest rate was like 2.75%. So wow. I, I knew it was, you know, a great loan and she had it for about a year. So you could pay off this house really quickly. Um, the problem was for someone like me who was newer, I didn't have a ton of money to buy a deal like that, you know, pay her the difference on everything and, you know, move like lightning fast the way Pace could. Um, and so that's why I, I brought it to, to, to you guys on that one, um, because I knew like for someone like you guys who have a bunch of properties, make a ton of money having a property that, you know, will appreciate and you also get a ton of depreciation from it made sense for someone that were in your guys' position. Right. So, you know, I, I'd say one of the lessons there is like, you know, knowing your buyer and, you know, there's different buyers for different deals. And so I think that's, you know, one of the, the biggest things about having a community around you. And that just goes to show Ted, as far as, you know, sometimes, there's certain deals that you can sell to certain people because of things that they're trying to accomplish, like where you mentioned appreciation, you know, trying to reach uh, a lower tax tax rate by, you know, utilizing that property to purchase and getting that depreciation done. So, um, you know, there, there's all sorts of buyers for all different types of deals, mm -hmm. whether that's going to convert to Airbnb, convert to rental, or like you said, wrap maybe or lease option. So, but at the end of the day, it comes down to like knowing, knowing that uh, who you're, who that buyer avatar could be mm. for that deal. Yeah, I agree. And I think it goes both ways, right? The same way that you would utilize the community. First off, like who in here, everybody watching and Ted, like we can all agree, like this community is freaking dope, right? This is like the best community in real estate. Like, hell yes, this, this is amazing. Yeah. Because right. like you, you, like Ted said, he's got, he's gotten one deal just on his own. Everything else has been squatting up. That's crazy. That is just insane. So the same way that you guys can utilize the community, that's like, we're not just talking about coming in the comment section and saying squat up just to squat up or posting the Facebook group just to do it. Like you are missing out on hundreds of thousands of dollars by not doing it. Right. So in the same token of utilizing community and reaching out to each other and maybe, so Ted is your guy in like North Carolina to help you work your dead leads. Right. And then maybe you have someone else that can help you like what, whatever that is, but you have, you know, you have these people in your corner that can help you convert on these deals in the same token on the front end is the conversion. You got people in the community and on the back end, what Cody is saying, he's got to have your buyers. You got to know like who, who are you going to sell that deal to? Who buys the wraps? Who buys these, who like, who needs some depreciation this year? I know I need some more, like who needs these things. Right. And you have these in buyers. So in both ways like you can use the community to do like two birds, one stone, right? 100%. 
So obviously that that's kind of what the deal, you know, situation looked like. So catch us up to speed on like how, how the rest of the deal like shook out, like what, what were the next steps that happened from there? What ended up happening with the seller? You know, let, let us know. So what happened is that, that night, I, you know, Pace called the seller at 10 o'clock. She, she broke down everything and, uh, it was a great call. Like I said, and then the next day he locked her up, you know, at a price and, you know, pretty much solved, solved her problem um, about what to do and help with all the moving expenses and everything like along those lines. And um, like, for me, I would say it was like my easiest deal ever working with like buyers like you guys, because I was just kind of like taken out of the picture, like so fast because I didn't lock up the, the deal because I had to make sure it made sense first before I was another person putting that seller in a bad spot. And so I guess what happened after that, like a few weeks later, I just didn't hear from Pace. And I sent an email, like, hey, Pace, whatever happened with that deal? Did that thing ever close? Because I had people asking me, like, hey, Ted, what happened with that deal? And I was like, I, I don't even know. And so <laughs> on one of his Q&As, he, he's like, hey, Ted, what, you know what's going on? You're, you're looking to get paid. And I was just like, I'm like, I guess. And he, he like, ne negotiates me, like, so hard like my girlfriend's like <laughs> in the background just being like oh my god take whatever he says and uh i'm sure, I'm sure like uh like pace could tell in a different way because i was just like dying on this side but everyone in the comments was like ted stay strong like negotiate with pace and then kevin cho was like asked for the mastermind and then eventually like pretty much pace i just like all right i'll take the mastermind you know i can go out there and he pays my mastermind sends me out there. I meet you guys. So because of this deal, um, and then he still pays me like a nice assignment fee just for, you know, for the situation. So it, like it worked out like so great for me. And I know for the seller, like I know Pace solved her problem. She moved there. She got paid roughly the difference of what she would make anyway. And she didn't lose her security deposit, what she was worried about. Um, and like, I don't know. It was like, it was so, everything happened so fast. It was, it was like insane, like for me, just not knowing what was going to happen at all. That's amazing. Yeah. That's so freaking cool. <laughs> I love that so much. Yeah. <laughs> because it's like, not only did you help the seller, right? And obviously you had to be, you know, pretty diligent on your follow-up, working yep. leads and like how you do anything is how you do everything, right? And that, that wholesaler felt your energy is like, dude, I'm just trying to help, right? And he felt like you were the guy to help solve the seller's problem when he couldn't. And then by you being persistent and just showing up and having these conversations and being like, sometimes in this, this real estate world, we got to be able to have tough conversations with sellers. Sometimes we got to tell them when they're being unreasonable. Sometimes we got to tell them like, Hey, this number isn't going to work. Like in the perfect world, like, yes, I wish I could give you that, but here's what we're up against. Right. And then working together. And that's exactly what you did with the seller. You brought pace in. And then not only did you help her, like you got a pretty quick, like, I don't even know pace pay structuring, like it didn't doing that negotiation with you is, is so cool to be yeah. like, yeah, we'll give you assignment. We'll fly you out. You come to the mastermind craziness, craziness. Yeah, it was, it was pretty, pretty, pretty incredible. Pretty dang good deal there. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. That's so awesome. So, so now that, now that deal's done squatting up. So re just recapping for everybody, you know, as every, as we have had more people tuning in, is Ted got a subject to deal. Another wholesaler locked up, up too high. The seller's life was basically about to be in shambles because they were going to back out of the deal. 
Uh, Ted was able to get Pace involved with him, working this deal, turn it into a subject to deal on a th with 13 years on the loan, VA loan, less than 3% interest on this. Like this seems like a pretty, pretty awesome deal all around. Ted got an assignment fee on it and got invited to come to the mastermind uh, with us, which I mean, man, like that's, that's just a freaking, that's a cool story. Yeah, yeah, it is pretty wild. And during the ne negotiations, he like convinced me it was such a bad deal and like I should get shouldn't get anything <laughs> until until You're I like, ran, yeah until I, I ran into him at a North Carolina meetup and he was like he was like Ted I just sold the house the first time it's awesome like like I I'm, I, I could just sell it now for forty thousand dollars like something crazy like that so um <laughs> I was like man you you saw me blind I still thought that was a bad deal so, oh my gosh. <laughs> Hey, get creative, right? Yep. <laughs> the same way you got the deal creatively, you were able to to creatively get, you know, your assignment fee, which yeah. was which was so dope. I mean, yeah. yeah, and then coming out and being around, like just going into the mastermind and you being there. I know we did a hot seat, like kind of broke down what you wanted your internal business to look like and in deals. So like catch us up to speed. Like where where what has happened? since you came out because that mastermind was what guys was that in september or like october three months three months ago three months ago yeah yeah so i mean yeah i mean it was it was amazing especially being around everyone uh, i see justin uh in the comments me and him squad up in some deals since then he's in massachusetts i'm, I'm down here but um i mean pretty much like my biggest takeaway is just seeing how you guys like the way that you only way to like pull yourself out of like the business is have a direct to seller business. Um, so in my business, I'm very much in the business, uh, you know, with direct to seller, um, and also doing different type of referrals, different JVs. But I knew that if I wanted to pull myself out of like the day to day grind of like wholesaling and creative finance, I'd have to like create a uh, direct to seller business that kind of stands on its own. And that that was like I didn't realize that until I saw your guys's business and you kind of like broke down how it works. And I was like, it was mind blowing. That that's what you have to do to pull yourself out of it because everything else. Yeah, is all I mean, one hundred percent. I think you know referrals. Like you're going to be the face of that, right? When people want to send you business, they want you to JV. They want they want Ted. They want, want Ted on the phone. You know, where's Ted? Want Ted making the phone calls, yeah. right? But what does it? What doesn't require Ted is a scalable direct to seller. Like yes, it's challenging. And make no mistake about it. It is very much a hustle to try to get that going. Right there, there's no way around that. Like, look, this business is super lucrative. You can make a bunch of money if you're willing to work. But the thing is, you got to show up every day, right, Ted? Yeah. Oh, yep. Oh, yeah. I'm still have to. I'm building it slowly. Yes, yeah, so exactly. And, and be okay with that too, because it does take some time. Like you may, you might be busting it for the next, you know, twelve months to set up these systems. But once it's in place, like you'll be patting yourself on the back. It's like, thank you, thank you, previous Ted. Thanks for doing this. <laughs> yes, that, that patience, that patience and persistence. So I think this is a this is an interesting call because I think Ted could probably give a lot of good insight to the folks listening in. And if you guys are cool with it, I what I would love to do is ask Ted if he could go back to like when he was first starting and just talk about some of the things that he would maybe do differently or the things that he did that he saw that made sense and were valuable for him and, and his journey in real estate investing. Just because I know there's a lot of people on here. Like I know for me, when I was listening to a lot of different podcasts, when I was, you know, getting started in real estate, 
I was always like looking for those things of like, how do I shortcut, you know, my way to be more successful? Or how do I make sure I avoid some of those things that I'm, I, I'm going to waste time on that I shouldn't be or what are what are some of those things that I can, you know, get, get, get those nuggets to be able to take action on, right? So I would love to, to be able to ask you, uh, you know, to get some of that insight and then Matt, you know, uh, you know, you as well. And, you know, maybe if you had some questions for Ted too. So I'm going to start, I'm just going to start with one. So Ted, what, if you could go back and give yourself the question, if you could go back to when you first started in real estate investing, what would be like the top, let's say like one or two pieces of advice you would have given yourself now being where you're at in, in the business? Well, this is so easy. It would be um, two, two sets of advice. It would be squatting up right away, find someone to work with and help you out. And then the thing that's probably more specific, instead of trying to figure out wholesaling by yourself, I would say work for someone who's more established and just call their leads. Be a, be a lead manager. Get on the phone and just like talk to like warm leads and just see how you do and just kind of work that system until you can start to close deals. I mean, I, I was like a, like, you know, shiny object syndrome with wholesaling out door knocking one day, cold calling another day, just like, just trying to find anything until I actually got my first deal from like, kind of like a mixture of a door knock plus mixing. Actually the guy who got me the lead, uh, Chief Brown, he knew a guy down the street who knew the seller who I tried the door knock and I got connected that way. And that was like how I got my first deal. So it was like, I would say if I could go back yet, yeah, work for someone else who's more established, find a wholesaler who needs help. I know I need help someone call my leads because I'm a lot more busy. Um, and uh, yeah, I, yeah, I, I would just try and stay it's focused. Pick one squatting thing. up. Yeah, squatting, squatting up, up and, and working with someone else. So so I already saw someone in the comments is like, work for someone. I already, yeah, no, I already do that. So I just want to, and tell me if I if I'm right on this, because I want to make sure I understood you the way that I heard you saying of like working for somebody, working with somebody and like working with some of their leads. The reason you're doing that is so that you can get faster feedback, right? Like where like you call some leads, you maybe mess something up or or you don't know what what you should do next. And that individual that maybe provided those leads can say, hey, Ted. And, you know, with that particular situation, here's how you want to handle that to set up that, that appointment or here's how to, you know, uh, have that conversation a little bit differently. Is that what you mean or are you just meaning you should just go work for someone else forever? <laughs> Definitely the first way. So <laughs> I, I know I know you guys deal with it like, you know, you have acquisition people that come in and they're there for like, you know, a couple months, six months and they leave and do something else. That's what I'm saying that you, that if you want to get into this business and you don't know where to start, you don't want to do lead generation, something that I don't really like doing much at all. Um, I would say find someone who needs help with their sellers. I know there's plenty of people around that have a whole bunch of leads and they're you know following up with leads, but they need more time. They'd rather be closing deals than just checking up on a lead and seeing getting closer ready to sell. And you know just because you definitely need to practice talking to as many people as you can until you can actually start to do uh, more deals. Um, yes. and so, <clears throat> love that. Matt, Matt, what questions do you have for Ted? I want to see what, see what you got for him on, on that for like some of these people and that it, maybe in some of those beginning stages as well. Yeah. So Ted, whenever you first start networking, like what is, like, what is the value? Like, what is the thing that you do 
whenever you're trying to start that new relationship. Just think back before Ted had gotten a single deal, before this one, before anything. Like when you say squatting up, like what does that actually look like? Man, I I, I wish I would have known what I know now because I would have been doing it a lot faster. I didn't <laughs> do any squatting up. I squatted up with one person just trying to – me and him were helping, out, helping each other out. So I was like probably scared to like reach out to people because – I probably didn't have an abundance mindset. Right. So that, that's what I'm, then this is the reason why I asked this. Cause I feel like there's a lot of people on this call right now that may have that imposter syndrome, right? You watch all the things, you watch all the YouTube videos. Maybe you're even in the mentorships, you're in the Facebook groups and you're learning. Right. But then you're, you, you're afraid because afraid you're like, because oh, you're my like gosh, oh my gosh, what am I going to be able to give back? Right. So looking back to what you know now, right. Like, cause I feel like there's a lot of people. Does anyone on this call have that fear? Does anyone on this call right now, like you feel like, I don't know what I'm going to bring to a relationship. Ted, what would you say? I would, I mean, it, I mean, what I could have said is like, Hey, you know, can I call some of your sellers so I can get some practice and you can tell me what you do after you lock it up or where to lock up the deal at. Cause sometimes you just don't even know. So it's kind of like, uh, you know, do you call, go for sellers? Do you go for buyers? Like, it's kind of confusing. But if you work with someone who already has buyers and knows where to lock it up, it's so much easier for you to have, like, an end goal in place when you are talking to a seller to know, like, all right, well, I got to have the seller right around here. Because if not, you're going to be stuck where that one guy was in the story where he locked it up close to Zillow. Or so. Yeah, that's so good. <clears throat> so, so here's something interesting, Ted, is we see in the – and, Matt, we see in the comments – we're getting lots of uh, of the people that feel that imposter syndrome. Yes, Amanda says me. Kenneth that says yes. I don't know what I can bring. JC says yes. Callie, me to a T. Brian, let's squat up. Tony Johnson, Rudy says that's me. So many people are feeling that same way. So you know some that insight on you know hey you can call their leads. Like here's here's the thing is you know finding some. Uh, some whole some other investors that are doing some deals in the low in your local market that you can go and link up with you may have to reach out to a few of them but finding how you can bring value to them and and working their leads like literally calling their old leads right so say if literally you could be in this position where you're like i don't i'm not really great on the phone i don't know what i'm doing I don't really know everything about this business. I don't want to, I don't know how I can help somebody. I can say this for, for our business is if somebody, we have a bunch of acquisition people now, so we don't need this in our business currently right now, but like say rewind a couple of years back in our business, if someone had approached us and a lot of investors that maybe are doing a few deals a month is they have old leads. If I, you know, if somebody came to us and said, Hey, can I call your leads that are like a year or older? Your leads that just, they never converted. They came through as a lead, but just never turned into anything. Like those old leads can be revived and turned into new deals. And that's where there, there could be some good practice. And mm -hmm. I know for us, like we wouldn't be having our acquisition people, you know, if a lead was pretty much close to dead and it was just, you know, in, in the old year old stuff in our, in our system, I would be, I would be happy to have somebody call those leads here. Here's an example, actually. There was uh, there was a guy named Jake who had reached out to Matt and myself, and he wanted to you know work with us. And I'm like, dude, like we don't have any place for you. We are we we have the people that we need in our business. We don't 
we don't need to add anyone else right now. And so he just was persistent. And I'm like, man, what the heck am I going to do with this guy? And he was a realtor. So I was like, okay, here's a, I'm going to give you, I'm going to give you a test. I'm going to give you a bunch of our old shit leads that never converted into anything. And if you can go try to get some appointments and get a listing out of it, you know, pay us a referral and then we'll continue a conversation. And maybe, maybe in a couple months we could, you know, work on something together or see how we can get you involved with us. And full, me fully expecting that he'll never respond and he'll quit and complain that the leads were shit and it's my fault. 99% of people. 99% of people. So I was fully expecting never to hear back from him. Um, if Jake is ever listening to this, you know, you proved me wrong. Um, he ended up working those leads and he called me like two weeks ago and he's like, hey, um, I got a listing. I got the contract. Uh, I just wanted to know how I set up the referral fee with you guys. And I was like, you called the leads? Like, <laughs> <Unbelievable>. <laughs> Yeah. And I think the moral to that, Cody, is that it's just so stinking hard. I wouldn't say it's so hard. It's just like bandwidth and energy. So you guys think about people like Ted or people who are doing deals in your market. Think about where their bandwidth and energy is being spent. They don't have time to hold someone's hand, but it's, it's tough to find people that will be consistent. It's tough to find people that will show up and do the work. So if you're like, I don't know anything and this is how I met with Cody and Pace. This is how I started our relationship. I didn't know much about the wholesaling world, but look, there's a lot of people that are afraid to talk to sellers. There's a lot of people that they haven't gotten started because they won't get on the phone or they won't knock on the door. If you're thinking about what value you can bring to a relationship without even knowing anything, it's, do you have some courage? Do you want to do some things that other people don't want to do? Right? Because I can guarantee you that you can find someone that can help, you know, with the marketing systems and generating leads, that's a dime a dozen, right? But finding someone who wants to do the things that makes just about anyone uncomfortable and be a little fearless, like you, that is, that alone is super valuable. Even when you don't know anything, cause you can learn this, you can learn the skills, you can learn the things over time by messing up. But if you're just willing to do it, like that's infinitely valuable in my book. 100%. So it's the, just taking action, really. It's like, just doing the dang thing and mm -hmm. you know something that i'm always preaching you know i was telling my girlfriend uh hi this earlier you know she's you know building her business and you know she gets you know impatient and i'm just like it's just patience and persistence like patience <laughs> and persistence like that would be like my battle cry if i had one it's just patience and persistence everything <laughs> is going to take longer than you thought Everything is going to cost more money than you thought. It's you're, you're going to make harder than you thought. <laughs> it's going to be harder than you thought. Your plan's going to get screwed up along the way. You're going to make a new plan. That one's going to get screwed up along the way. But through all of it, staying patient and persistent through that, you get to get to, you get your life in a point where you get to live a great life like the the life that you just that you know you deserve and that that you're striving for so uh, i actually want to ask you this ted what's that look like for you you know do you know what you want your real estate business to be able to do for you like what your life you want your life to look like from this business man um so uh, it's hard to say because it's just 
like I, I'm I'm still like in the the grind stage where I'm every day just grinding away. But it's just I, I want to turn into something where it's a little bit more self sufficient, where I'm not in it every day, and I can generate some more money, um, continue to buy start to buy properties instead of you know having to wholesale them instead of flipping them i have a flip coming up and i'm very tempted to keep it but i know getting that big check will do more for my business than it will be you know doing some like cash out refi and getting like my money back um so it's it's more important where i get to keep grow my business uh and eventually live more off of having properties rather than you know, trying to wholesale like for a couple thousand dollars in some rural market in North Carolina. <laughs> okay. So, so, so what that looks like is having, having your passive income, be able to, you know, pay for your lifestyle at, you know, at that kind of that financial independence number. Here's something that I would suggest if, if you haven't done it, Ted, is if you do, you, I'm, I'm not going to ask you to say the amount, but do you know how much you'd have to make for you and your, and your wife, you said, right? Uh, girlfriend, yeah. girlfriend, girlfriend. So do you know what, uh, how much money that you need to make every single month to pay for all those bills down to like, you know, that dollar amount? Cause when people are like, Oh, 5,000 a month, it's like, Hey, my bills ain't 5,000 a month. It's usually like $5,227 to get all the bills. Like, do, do you know what that number is for like that, that monthly well, nut? It's, where I'm at is not much because like my first real estate deal I bought on market, I bought a house in Durham and me and my, my girlfriend, we live in the bottom unit and we run out of rooms upstairs. So I, 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 I virtually live for free. I got, you know, three bedrooms with three full bathrooms and rent them out. And I was, I bought this house and now I can you know go after these dreams because I don't need that much money. So I was able to take a while to get my first deal. And Amazing. so, and anything I make, I just if I'm at a slow month, I'll just you know eat more ramen and rice, but <laughs> stuff like that. And but I can still afford it, um, because yeah. my my tenant or my, my roommate slash tenants are paying for my house where I can live. I so, love that. Um, I mean, I know we want to move out of here and get our next, right. and then rent this part out. Mm -hmm. So I just got to find my next seller finance deal because I know a bank's not going to give me a a loan. Yeah, I love that. So, so I would suggest figuring out what that, you know, for where you want to be living and then all of your other, you know, cost of living, right? Uh, added on that, but figuring out what that is and, you know, having that as a target that you can look at. Because oftentimes we get into the mundane of the day to day and we aren't looking at like where we're actually heading. So then you could be, you know, tracking that progress as you go along. And, and I want to encourage everybody else that's on here as well is, you know, if you know, like what you want that cash flow goal to be on a monthly basis, you know, having, having that number so that you can be checking it off. Like I get excited as I'm setting my cash flow goals when I'm able to check off like, oh, another couple hundred dollars a month in cash flow from this. Another couple hundred dollars a month in cash flow. Like as that starts to stack, like you get to watch that progress. And as you get closer to what you want your, you know, what you want that to look like. So I would just suggest doing that. Um, but I love that you're doing freaking house hacking and yeah. having roommates pay for that. That's what I did on my first two houses. I, my first place was a three, two, I rented two, the other two bedrooms. I lived in the master bedroom and I literally, you know, I paid like a hundred dollars a month out of my pocket. It's amazing. 
I did the same thing on like before two and a half on my next place. Um, after that, you know, I started acquiring other properties and eventually, you know, just kind of wanted to live on my own. But that foundation is like, is such a cheat code when you're, you know, getting a business up and running is you have that flexibility of it doesn't, you don't need to be making a ton of money because you have a lot of those basic needs covered like, like you're doing. Like that is probably one of the most overlooked things that if people have the opportunity to do that, it's harder when people have a family with kids and all that. But when, they, they're, when they're in that position that you're in and not taking advantage of it, I'm like, that's just silly to not do what you're doing. So freaking yes, great freaking do that. that. Yeah, I know I wouldn't be here without it because I wouldn't I would have to have because I got laid off like during COVID and after I just bought this house. So I was like, all right, oh. well, I don't want to for anyone again. <laughs> and thank God I just closed about a month prior to to losing my job. So I was just I just dove in all you know all out for this. And uh and I'm glad I I'm glad I was laid off. It was yeah. awesome. Funny what happens when you go all in, right? Yeah. You can you sit there with one foot in, one foot out. It's just so tough to get any momentum. You go all in, man. It's crazy what can happen. And I love that. Like Cody's super diligent with with that kind of stuff, with managing his financing and managing the money. Because Cody, what do you say? Whenever you don't know, you know, you have money sitting in your bank account and you don't know where, where it's really going. It's going to find a new home. It's going to find, it's gonna a, new find a new home. That's it's right. probably not a home that you want it to be in. AKA Uber Eats. That's where it's going to go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But it's important. Like I, I, even with, you know, knowing Cody and, you know, with some of his guidance, man, I, being super specific, I know to the, like to the dollar with all my subscriptions and everything, what, what exactly I need to pay for every single month. And then it helps because every single dollar you get in in cash flow, you're that much closer to that goal and being completely independent, right. Or financially free. So that, that, that's awesome. man. I think that's a, that's a great goal. So are you are you buying something in Durham then? You're looking for something right now, seller finance? Um, yeah, I I am. I have a, a flip coming up here in Durham. And but man, I'm looking for more deals. I um in Durham, like any subject to deals, uh seller finance deals in Durham, I'll I'll buy them um for sure. Or if you need help with the seller around here, like I'm I'm looking to move. I mean, I, I like my house, my girlfriend doesn't like it as much. <laughs> Um, but yeah, something where I'd, ha I'd house hack again. I, I love house hacking. <laughs> Usually the girlfriends don't like it. I, I know mine were always like, why do you, why do we have roommates? I'm like, I'm house hacking. Yeah. You don't get it. <laughs> like I bought this house sub too. And it needed some work. And my wife was like, mm, it doesn't look like the models. <laughs> <laughs> we can go live in one of those model homes. I'm like we can, but. We're giving up today for what we could have tomorrow. <laughs> right. Exactly. Sometimes hard to get across. <laughs> Read the Daily Stoic. <laughs> I love it, man. Yes. Yes. So, Matt, um, do you have any other, you know, final, I guess, questions or any final thoughts for everybody? And, you know, I think we'll uh, we'll, we'll wrap it up here. If not. Yeah. I'm, I think no matter where you guys are at, you know, I, I definitely agree with, with uh, Ted here that it's so important to squad up. It's so important to find like-minded people. Don't, don't ostracize yourself. Don't put yourself on an Island. Cause look, the reality is like this business is tough to get into. It's tough to be consistent, but once you start getting deals in, it changes everything. We call it the campfire effect. 
right? Come be around people that are actually doing deals. Don't waste your time with people that are just talking about doing deals or, oh, well, if we did this with this lead and this, 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 and it never happens, it's just a waste of time, right? We're here to make some money. I don't know who is watching this because they want to make more money. Who wants to make more money next year than what they did this year, right? We're here to make some freaking money. So be around people that are making money, be around people that are doing deals just like Ted. So Ted, like how do, how does, how does someone reach out to you? How can they send you deals? Like, what does that look like? Um, they could reach out to me. Um, my, I, I think I put my phone number in here somewhere. You text me. I, if you um, want to put it, put it in the comments real quick. Uh, and then I'll, I'll tag it up here. I know how to put it in the comment. All right. Let's just say it out loud and I'll type it for you. All right. Uh, 610. 610. Uh, yep. 246. 2880. Um, 2880. Yep. And then you can find me on Facebook. I do have an Instagram. I need to start using that more. But yeah, Ted Miller on Facebook. You can reach out to me there. Um, and then just like anyone who's like, like still really new, I would say like, there's so many, like the most surprising thing about this business is, is how helpful everyone is when they're like successful. Like, I'm sure if I asked for help more, people would have given me more help when I was first starting. Um, and I know like I'll help people. I know sub two students will love to help people, especially if those newer people come to them looking to take action like hey can i call some of your old your old leads or you know or something help you with your data i, I don't know but if you come there with value and looking to help i'm sure there's going to be tons of people in these comments who need help and they're because they're just so they're stretched uh so thin um hundred so yeah, percent so yeah. i i put your i put your phone number up there but let's let's just remind everyone what what they can reach out to you or like what market you're in. So are you primarily just in North Carolina? So people know, and someone doesn't send you a deal in like Fargo, North Dakota or something. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm in North Carolina. I've done all my deals here. Um, and yeah, I can help with deals in like the Durham Raleigh area, even the rural areas. I know how to like dispo them with like, um, like different type of like buyers who buy out there, like Hispanic buyers or, or doing wraps like creative deals out there in rural areas. So I know I've helped other like sub two students with those type of deals because I have some people I work with that that help me dispo them. Um, Matt, don't we have a deal in in the uh, North Carolina somewhere? Is that South Carolina? I don't I don't know. And I don't know. Yeah, we got two. On. We got one in Goldsboro, and we got one. I don't even Goldsboro. I don't know how that happened. Um, <laughs> and then we also have one in Hendersonville. So we'll definitely we'll definitely hit you up, Ted. You know, I think, and even if I'm sure if people text you and I think courtesy real quick, full disclosure, everyone real quick, uh, I guess etiquette for reaching out to Ted for what we see, please introduce yourself. Please say your name. Don't just say, Hey, saw you on Sunday service, right? Just say, Hey, and it seems dumb that I have to say this, but guys, you'd be freaking blown away by how many text messages that we get from people. I don't even know who they are. They don't even introduce yourself. So introduce yourself to Ted and I'm sure even if you that you you may not have a deal in North Carolina, I'm sure Ted can connect you with someone. If he's unable to help, I'm sure he's able to connect you with someone who can. Yep, I'll find someone in your market in North Carolina who could help you better than I could. Bam, hundred percent, love it, Ted. Thank you so much for coming on, Matt. Thank you so much for being here as well. Uh, we are excited. We are actually going into this week. We have our 
next mastermind actually this upcoming weekend crazy month we're closing on a new office building we'll probably do a youtube video uh once we close on that this week so you guys can check that out super excited about that but once again everybody as always again we are on spotify and itunes search sunday service on there so you can listen while you're driving to or from work and if you've got any value make sure that you're liking subscribing comments and all those good things sharing on your instagram your social medias that uh for the value that we're bringing and if you're not already make sure to join the creative finance with pace morby facebook group you can jump in there get involved in the community get connected with some other awesome investors so with that Happy Sunday, everybody. Have an amazing, productive week this week, and we'll see you next Sunday. Bye. Peace.